0: O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line visit FullyLoadedChew.com So I was recently put in Facebook jail for writing a comment about wanting to quote kill a frick ton of does this fall. It's no secret that big tech companies have been slowly encroaching on our outdoor lifestyle And that's why I'm thankful for companies like Go Wild. Go Wild is like any other social media app, except that it's geared towards outdoors men and women. You're able to share your stories and pictures from the field, log your trophies, and engage with other hunters, all without fear of being censored by Big Brother. We recently teamed up with Go Wild to create an easy place where you can see and even purchase all of the gear that you see me use on the Southern Ground Hunting channel. All you have to do is go download the app to your smartphone and search Parker McDonald to see my gear page. You can also find other gear for purchase in the store from brands like Garmin, Vortex Optics, Rocky Boots and thousands more. Now here's the best part, if you use the code Southern Ground, all lowercase all one word, you can save 10% on anything in the Go Wild store. Again that's Southern Ground, all lowercase all one word and that will save you 10%. I think that's pretty cool. So check out the show notes of this episode for the download link to join hundreds of thousands of other hunters like us on Go Wild. The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning and executing their hunts you can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting spartanforge.ai and you can use the code southernground that's all lowercase all one word southernground at checkout and that'll get you 25 percent off of your purchase you wanting to know more about saddle hunting well check out tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you'd like to support the southern ground hunting podcast you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode we offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits we'd love for you to join the southern ground hunting community today again that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting and now let's get to the show what's up everybody welcome back to the southern ground hunting podcast i am your host parker mcdonald and i'm going to be flying solo this week it's been a busy week uh last episode you guys heard that we were in camp with mark kenyon and the the guys from the meat eater crew uh me and dad of course had our normal annual recation and those guys joined us. That's a really, really fun episode. Y'all should check that out. If you haven't yet, uh, you definitely need to check out that episode. Um, Mark shares pretty cool story. And at this point, the the whole world does not know about it other than people who listen to Southern Ground. So that was pretty cool. But also, I made a little bit of a mention there in that episode that I had killed a buck on uh, last Tuesday we didn't talk a lot about it, um, because I wanted to, I really wanted to talk with the meat eater guys and get their opinion on hunting in Alabama. And most of them had never been to Alabama before. So it was a a really interesting perspective from a lot of guys from the Midwest and the North, uh, and even a couple of them from, uh, far West Utah and stuff like that. So they had a really cool perspective on it. Uh, I think they enjoyed it. I know I sure as heck enjoyed camp last week. So again, go check out that episode if you haven't listened to it. Um, And also, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, go check out Go Wild. Um, If you haven't already done so, I have that ad play every single week. You hear me talk about it, but um, the last, the series of videos that we're in right now on the YouTube channel, which there's two new ones that have gone up this week and, uh, we're starting, uh, some that are, uh, I call them presented by go wild episodes. And, uh, in one of them that I just dropped, I tried to highlight some of the gear that I use and, uh, just different things, arrows, release, uh, binoculars, just different things on there, and uh, I really encourage you to go check it out, not only for the shopping ability where you can you know, buy some really cool stuff from some pretty big name brands, and, and brands that are not like box store brands necessarily, but uh, stuff that hunters, hardcore public land guys, like a lot of the people listen to this, stuff that y'all could use, uh, not just stuff that you could buy at Walmart. So go check out Go Wild for that, but not only that, but for the uh, just the whole social aspect of it. It's a it's a social media app, so you can log your trophies. If you kill a deer, kill a turkey, whatever, you can log that, and people comment on it. It's really cool, just a really cool social media app that's designed for outdoors men and women like we are. So go check that out. So going back into last week, uh, I kind of mentioned in that podcast with Mark that I had killed a buck that same day, and it was actually uh, a pretty solid deer. Um, it was really strange because I went out with, I'm not, I am not—I don't want to say like low expectations, but they weren't super high expectations either. So this spot that I went to, um, I've actually killed a pretty good buck in it three years ago. Uh, to the day, so it was December seventh, three years ago, um, and it was a old deer, really old deer, mature buck. That uh, after that was my first sit in that place. I'd never been there before. I hadn't scouted it, I hadn't turkey hunted it, nothing. So that was my first sit there. So it was really kind of surprising when I killed that deer there. But I have hunted it a couple of times since then um, in that general vicinity. And here's the way it sets up. Very classic Parker. So if you've listened here before or you've watched videos, you've heard me talk a whole lot about these edges, finding where the most edges meet, and a terrain feature coming out of it. This is like just the typical, and this is probably the spot where I realized that that was such an important thing. Um, Just watching how the deer used it in the times that I've hunted it, seeing how they seeing how they travel through that area, it's just kind of the perfect representation of that. So it's a uh, a stand of pines that are really thick, have a really thick understory, a clear cut. Um, that's probably, I don't know, let's say it's four years old, five years old maybe, um, but it's significantly shorter than the pines. And then the public side is hardwoods. So uh, there is a big, huge... I got called out for calling it a ditch. There's a big, huge holler that comes up from the water, and it's very steep on all the edges of it, but it's just a just a, a creek drainage, basically. And it's got a bunch of rocks. It's really rocky. And so what a lot of these deer do is they go around that. But where where it kind of flattens out where the deer can go around that ditch also lines up very perfectly with that three-way edge. And there's a bench on it. There's a a whole bunch of different uh, terrain features right there that are pretty cool and make it work really well. But even at that, I wasn't just, I wasn't over the moon confident that I was going to be able to kill a deer um, right there. So first light, uh, Dad actually dropped me off. We were using Dad's bass boat. He dropped me off in the spot. First light uh, had a doe come through and she didn't look hot or anything like that. She didn't look like anything was chasing her. She was just kind of going about her business, doing exactly what I thought deer might do and what I'd seen deer do there in the past. She was traveling from, let's see, which direction would it be, from north to south. The wind was out of the east that day, which ends up being perfect for that that spot. She was traveling north to south going around that holler, and she was going. She ended up walking straight into right in the middle of all three of those transitions. She was just going to use that trail. Uh, a few minutes later, I see another deer coming behind her, and my initial thought was, get ready, that's a buck. So I got my gun up, got ready, made sure all my camera's running. Turns out it's just a doe with four other does with her. Um... So there's six does all together right there in that short amount of time and not a single buck. So the crazy thing was the deer were all walking. They all eventually caught up to that first doe and uh, they walked right into that trail, into that that three-way edge right there, and they start blowing like crazy. And so I dropped milkweed. My wind's not going that direction. Like, man, what in the world is going on here? And they all run. They all like just straight up run. I'm like, well heck, I don't know what that is. Then all of a sudden I start hearing bar, bar, bar. so I get ready again. Like, well, there's a buck over there that's chasing them off. So I get ready. Well, here comes one of the does just absolutely booking it. And another doe walk in behind her, kinda of with the no, with her nose to the ground. And I hear, I still hear the, brr, 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 but it's following this second doe, and I'm like, man, that can't be a doe. Like it's, it's grunting, it's got its nose to the ground, it's on that doe's trail. Like what the heck is going on? And so I pull up my binoculars, and it turns out to be just a spike with like little bitty, tiny, tiny spikes. Um. And so he was, it, it kind of told me that maybe that doe, once he started chasing her. Uh, she definitely looked hot at that point. Like she was like hunched over, tail up, tiptoeing, looked hot, and she walked right through. And uh, and that that spike comes grunting, and he's kind of making a loud commotion. You know, he's grunting and you know sniffing everything. And he ended up rubbing his antlers or his not really his antlers, rubbing his head on a on a br- uh a bush that was right there, close to where I was at. Um. Uh, here's an interesting thing that I did. I don't, I almost never use like stuff I buy from the store. Like I don't use estrus scent or anything like that. But after the conversation we had with Matthew Reeves, um, that was two episodes ago. After that conversation, he was telling me about putting some on his boots. And I started thinking back like, man, I have actually seen that work in the past. I try not to be into all the gimmicky stuff. I rarely ever buy anything from the Walmart sporting goods section. Except for like maybe bullets if I need them. If they have them. Uh, but I rarely buy anything from there. Bullets and hot hands is pretty much all I buy from Walmart. And Thermocell refills. Um, <clears throat> so I actually after that conversation with Matt. I bought some Buck Bomb. And just kind of put it in my pack. And really didn't think anything of, about it. And for whatever reason, that morning I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it. I'm going to put some of this out. So I ended up putting it out on the bush that that spike was rubbing his head on, um, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, <clears throat> he didn't spook, didn't do anything. He just rubbed it, sniffed it, and went fall on that dough. So I, I guess it was probably 30 minutes later. At this point, it's probably probably 7.30. 7 30 maybe 8 o'clock and I can see a a deer I'm kind of midways up the hill um where that that transition line is and it kind of flattens out right there a little bit but it still continues gaining rising in elevation the further you go up and I see a deer probably 150 yards through the trees um walking up top so it's like man the way that deer is acting it really looks like a buck and I actually initially thought that that may have been the buck that I heard grunting before I saw this other spike <clears throat> so i have been doing this this year a little bit more this more aggressive calling um even blind calling some uh where i'll take branches or uh tree branches that are next to me on a tree that's growing up next to the tree I'm in. Maybe it's a branch that's uh maybe it's a branch that's, you know, coming off the tree that I'm in. Um but I'll take that and I'll just start thrashing it like crazy and making noise and part of the reason I started doing that was because last year whenever I was in Kentucky, uh I killed that big buck right after I had done that. Um I and I wasn't doing it on purpose. I wasn't calling. I was just breaking branches so I could clear out shooting lanes, uh, a place for me to shoot out of that tree, and I was breaking branches like crazy, and it wasn't, you know, a minute later that I had that big buck come in and I shot him, and then had two other bucks come in within the next 10 minutes, Um, two other good bucks. So, after seeing that, I've also had experiences when I was using a climber, where when I would make a ton of noise going up that tree with a climber, just scratching, and you know, uh, scraping that bark. I've had a lot of experiences where deer will just kind of get a little bit curious and they'll come and look at it. Um, it's natural sounds. Those natural sounds like that, they're kind of used to it. And that time of year, this time of year, when it's the rut, you know, tree branches break in and thrashing is a noise that really gets their attention. So I've been doing that a lot this year. In fact, the first buck that I killed in the thermal hub, he, uh, it, he, he was, I'm not going to say he was coming to that, but I had just done a sequence where I was, you know, breaking tree branches and doing all that stuff. So, um, so I did that after I saw that buck up the hill, 150 yards, I went ahead and decided to just try something and, and try to do one of those aggressive calling sequences. And, uh, I, I guess it was probably 20 minutes at, it was nine o'clock. Uh, I heard the birds start chirping. And if you're, if you're not, paying attention when blue jays start going crazy, when squirrels start barking, uh take this as a sign from God that you need to start paying attention to that. I can tell you a very large percentage of the time whenever I hear those Jays those blue jays start going or when I hear squirrels start barking at something, especially if it's in the direction of where I feel like deer are gonna come from, whether it be a, a, a hard edge or something like that, there's a large a large percentage of the time it means there's a deer coming. Um, I'm not going to say hundred percent. I'm not going to give an actual percentage there because, uh, I, but I can tell you there, it's a, it's a pretty large percentage of the time. And so I hear the birds start chirping and, and, uh, like I said, it's about nine o'clock and they're chirping kind of at my probably four o'clock. So kind of behind me. And it's really kind of downwind of where I'm at. And so I'm turned around kind of in that awkward position, looking back to my weak side in the saddle and i'm turning around looking and looking and those birds are going crazy and the squirrels are barking over there and i'm like man there's got to be something over there and i'm kind of looking around and i probably stay that looking like that for about 30 seconds and i eventually like well there's nothing there's nothing there they're just barking at something else so i turn back looking straight forward and something catches my eye and there's a buck, literally at like 30 yards, he had just walked right in front of me. As I was looking back the other direction, he had just walked right in front of me. And he was following that same doe trail. Um, And he was just about to be out of, like, he was about to go, away. he was moving away and he was at a very quick pace, uh, nose to the ground. And all I could really tell was, that's a good deer. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't have a ton of time to look at him and look him over, make sure he was, you know, big enough or whatever. I could just tell that's a good one. <coughs> Sorry about that. And so I'm trying to get my gun up. I'm trying to get a shot. And he hits this little tiny opening. And I shoot him. And he pops up. And I know I hit him. I know I hit him good. Like hard hit. And that joker stands there, and I think he's about to fall over, and he just <laughs> keeps puts his nose to the ground and keeps following that doe trail. And uh, I, I was kind of amazed. I knew I hit him good. Um, I could even see I could see blood coming out of him right in his shoulder, like perfect shot right behind the shoulder. And so I pull up my gun, and he starts going back on that doe trail, and I try to shoot him again, and I miss him, but it did get him to stop following the doe trail, and he started running back towards me. And so as he's running towards me, I shoot him again, and it hit him that time. I'm trying to to remember where I actually hit him that time. I think I hit him, like, mid-body pretty far back, because he was running. Um, And the Joker kept running, and he was running towards the property line. He ended up uh, hitting a blowdown, which, like, just absolutely clotheslined him. He got his antler stuck in it and fell to the ground and uh, died very quickly. And uh, it, so the crazy thing to me was that, I mean, he had two shots in, of, in him, and one of them was just, I mean, like, absolutely a money shot. Just kind of, It's kind of a testament to their will to survive. And th- if you watch a lot of my gun hunting videos, it's very rare unless I just drop them and I can see them well that they're dead it's very rare that I will just shoot once um, I I've I been I've had a lot of situations where you know you think you put a good shot on them maybe you hit them a little far back or maybe you hit them high and it just knocked them over and kind of just the knockdown power knocked them down and you sit there for a little bit. And then they end up getting up and running off. I've had several times like that. And uh, <clears throat> both times that I've had it happen that I can remember. The deer. I, di- I didn't find the deer. And so I just. I, I always try to shoot them. If I can. If I get the opportunity. I'm going to shoot them again. Um, especially if I know they're running or whatever. um. So. That You'll definitely see that. I, sh- I shoot a lot of bullets during gun season. Um, and, and also, I want to tell you guys this, too. I always try to, like, I really don't edit much out. When I make a mistake or make a bad call or make a bad shot that I shouldn't have taken or anything like that, I pretty much always try to put that in the video um, or talk about it on a podcast because I think it's realistic. I think... A very large percentage of hunters make the same mistakes. And it happens. Stuff like that happens. And we shouldn't, we really shouldn't be censoring ourselves. I don't feel like, I think if you're making hunting content, um, it's kind of how we got in this situation, this kind of shaming situation on social media in the first place. And so I always try to be as realistic as I possibly can, as raw as I possibly can. And,. Not hold back from how the story actually took place. Just because some joker with a keyboard might say something negative about it. I really don't care. I'm making these videos for me. I'm making them to help other people. Uh, That's just... I don't care what some joker in his mom's basement wants to say about it. Um. Anyway, so... At this point, I really... I don't know how big this deer is. Um... I could just tell he was good. That was just about it. And I actually texted Mark, uh, and it was like, he said, well, tell me some details. How big is he? I was like, I I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea how big this deer is. And it, that seems to be the case a lot of times during gun season, just because things happen really quick. You're able to shoot a little bit faster. Um, those, it, it, during the rut, you're making split-second decisions a lot of times because the bucks are going to be on the move. Um, so, like I said, I don't really know how big this deer is. So I get down, get my cameras on and all that stuff, get my sticks taken off the tree, and I start walking over there to him. And when I get up to him, uh, he, his head is kind of in that blowdown. He had gotten tangled up really bad. So all I could see was a butt. I could see the butt end of him sticking up, and I'm going to be honest with you, at that point, my stomach dropped, because that butt end looked tiny, man, I mean, I was like, did I just shoot, a, like, a four-point or something, like, really wasn't my intention on this hunt, I thought that deer was a lot better, and all I could see is this butt end, and it looks like a fawn, like, it looks tiny, and so I walk over to it, and I'm just kind of, you know, expecting the worst, and I get over to the head side, and then everything just immediately changed. I don't know what it was about the the, the position that he was in, but it just made his body look small. But he was, you know, <coughs> an average-sized deer for Alabama as far as body size goes, three and a half-year-old deer. But I, I pulled his rack up out of the out of the thicket that he was in, and my gosh, I, I mean. You've heard of ground shrinkage. This one had major ground growth. Um, just great mass all the way, all the way to the tips of all of his antlers. Um, he had really good mass, decent tine length, very wide. He was a wide deer. Um, just a absolutely cool buck. Um, and again, you know, it's the rut. Anything can happen. You find a hot doe but i do feel like uh, i i preach it a lot but finding those edges like that that are usually three or more different habitat types coming together and that always seems to be like a good spot for deer to for deer to show up and i i, I typically have situations with the biggest bucks happen right there in those spots um <clears throat> so i thought that was pretty cool i thought it was a cool story I uh, wanted to share it with you guys, and um, so that was my second buck tag of the season, which was kind of, you know, bittersweet. You know, I started out. Y'all heard. Y'all have heard me talk. Like I, this year has felt so weird because I'm self-employed now, and <coughs> I feel like I've the last few seasons have kind of set a high bar for me Uh, had really good success the last two years and it seemed like I had it very quickly and this year I really had to grind for it I had to work for it I had to convince myself to go every single time because I just was not seeing bucks up until December Uh, I mean I think I'd seen uh two I saw two rack bucks during archery and muzzleloader and then rifle season, I was seeing a bunch of small deer for that first week until I killed the first one. I was seeing a bunch of smaller bucks, you know, four points, six points, stuff like that, and spikes. So, um, you know, December, before December the 1st, I felt like I was never going to kill another deer. I feel like it was pretty much, I think we all find ourselves in those situations. And again, I, I try to be pretty transparent with people, um, with listeners and the people who view the videos, when I get down, I, I, I try to show it, you know, but I also try to show, um, the, the, the grind and the hustle that it takes, you know, when you're going to, when you're going to tell yourself that you're going to be a public land deer hunter, especially in the South, you got to get ready for some, uh, what's the word, um, conflict, I guess, mental conflict, uh, deer not doing what you think they're supposed to be doing, all that stuff. So again, I try to try to be as honest as I possibly can. So before December 1st, if you were gonna tell me what my next 12 days were gonna be like, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, so here we are at December the seventh. I have my second buck down and it's a really good deer and uh, one that honestly, I told my dad like if the season ended today, that'd be fine. I'm content now. Like that was a good deer to end on. So that was December the seventh. Like I said, it was three years to the day of uh killing a really good buck in that same area, which was pretty cool. Um <clears throat> which also happened to be <laughs> happened to be the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And so I texted my dad before I shot that buck. I said, Hey, we always try to I always try to name all the areas that I have that I go to um, just because it's easier to communicate to him, like where I'm at when he texts me, Hey, where are you hunting at? Whatever. Uh, and so I told him, I was like, if I kill a buck here today, we're naming this spot Pearl Harbor cause it's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor and doing the water access and all that kind of stuff. It kind of makes sense. So, um, that spot is officially called Pearl Harbor. So if you hear me refer to that in, uh, in a podcast or a video, that's it. So, um, that was December the 7th. That was, uh, I guess, what's today? Today's the 15th, I think. So that was right at uh, two weeks from yesterday. I'm sorry, a week from yesterday. I killed that buck. And um, so I really didn't hunt much the rest of that trip. Uh, I kind of took it easy, hung out at camp. Um, Mark hunted a little bit, but we did some pretty cool video. Stuff that you're gonna to get to see whenever it comes out on the meat eater, uh, on the meat eater stuff. It it was it was fun. We had a really good time with those guys. Uh, dad was not able to kill a deer on that hunt. He missed one. Um, he actually had a pretty cool encounter. Uh, five bucks all came out chasing the same exact doe, and uh, he tried to get a shot on one, and it just it was a tough shot. But um, it was a fun trip. We had a really good time. We camped out. Had a lot of fun. So uh, be looking out next probably late summer, early fall on the Meat Eater YouTube channel and possibly even some network TV stuff maybe uh, for Mark's hunt. That's a, It's going to be a cool one. <coughs> so I didn't hunt much the rest of that week. And I kind of just, once we came home, spent time with the family for a couple days had church on Sunday, which was great, um, and just kind of took it easy, knowing that uh, this week, so the week of the twelfth, uh, December the twelfth, knowing that that was probably going to be my last week to really go hard at it and feel like I had a a decent chance at a mature deer for my last uh, for my last tag in Alabama. Uh, typically, where I hunt, the rut starts at Thanksgiving, um, is when you'll start seeing some pretty good rut action and it'll go, you know, you'll see it all the way through probably the 18th or the 19th of December. Um, so really Thanksgiving to Christmas is your best opportunities to kill uh, a good buck in the areas that I hunt. So I knew this was going to be my last week of really being able to do that because we were leaving, we're leaving for Texas to spend time with our family there, um, on Saturday, on the 18th. So, I kind of wanted to rest up, get some good sleep, um, catch up on some work that I need to get done before this week. And, on Spartan Forge, uh, I really expected the movement to be forecasted better. Um, I'm not saying that it was forecasted incorrectly, I just expected the more full range movement to happen this week. But, Really, the only day that it had, uh, it had listed as full range movement was Monday, uh, the thirteenth. So, I'm gonna be honest; I was a little bit disappointed. Um, the weather is supposed to get kind of crappy. It's gonna be hot again. Um, I think I think today the high was like seventy one. Tomorrow the high seventy one. So Wednesday, Wednesday third it's Thursday and Friday. It's just supposed to be like super high temperatures not very cold I think we're supposed to get some crappy weather some rain and storms and stuff again so I was uh kind of let down when I looked at the forecast if I'm being honest and uh but Monday was supposed to be really really good so I'll just kind of start at the beginning of the week um I go out Monday and I have this really really like confident feeling about one area that I had not spent a lot of time in during the rut. Um, It's an area I call danger zone, and I always see a bunch of deer in here. Uh, I hunted it one time, one day, uh, the week of the first, so the first week of December. Um, I hunted it one day, and saw a bunch of deer, saw a buck that was probably a six or seven point uh, that was cruising not not a deer I wanted to shoot, but he was a little bigger than most of the other small bucks that I'd been seeing. So, and I also had been on a pretty big buck that was in there early season. So I figured that would be a good time to go try to hunt him again. I kind of had him pinned down in where the areas that he was he was hanging out at. So had this huge idea. Put my had my battery charged fully charged so I could get there and my trolling motor and all that stuff. Well, I'm talking to the camera on Monday, Monday morning, and I just got breakfast, got coffee, talking to the camera, I'm like, okay, so here's where I'm going, I'm all excited, you know, jacked up about it, (laughs) like, I'm gonna go here, and then it hit me, you idiot, you left your battery, sitting in the charger at the house, so I didn't have my, my trolling motor battery, and I really needed it to get into this spot, if I wanted to get there before daylight, and have a decent chance to be there you know all day but I would planned on sitting most of the day anyways um but I just it's it's a long paddle to get there you really need some type of motor if you want to get there in a decent time so I'm talking to camera like well I'm gonna go here except I'm not because I don't have my battery because I'm an idiot and uh this is like well I guess I'm gonna figure out where I'm gonna go so I ended up having to go, I had to find a spot that had a lot of different things. So the wind was coming out of the south, but it was cold that morning. So I knew it was going to be a good, decent movement just because of the temperature, but the wind coming out of the south really kind of screwed me up for my typical rut spots in December because we get more northern winds, um, during this time of year. But this one was coming straight up out of the south and I only have just a few places that I've scouted and that I know for a high odds hunt that I can go to and and even a lot of them are not high odds so I ended up going back to the spot where I killed that first buck at um the whole episode we did with Matt Matthew Reeves we talked about thermal hub and all that good stuff I just released the video of that buck um yesterday so it's on the YouTube channel right now um I try to explain the thermal hub more visually than we did in the podcast. It's hard to do it in a podcast, but I tried to explain it visually and, and I felt like I got a lot of response from a lot of you guys that watch the video saying, Hey, that was really cool. I've always heard people talk about thermal hubs, but I've never actually seen one. And then they realize like I've been hunting a thermal hub forever, you know? And so, um, Go check out that video. It'll give you a little bit more explanation on the area that I was hunting. But I decided to go in there and still not very confident, even though the last time I went in there, it was covered up in tracks, covered up in buck sign, and I killed a buck. But if I'm being honest, that's the first deer that I've ever seen in that, in that spot, in that area. And so I kind of felt like, you know, I was there on the right day last time and just happened to catch that buck cruising through using that hub. But really, I mean, it was my only, my only option of a place that was fairly close that I didn't have to paddle a real long ways. The wind was right, and I knew that there were more deer in the area, so I go up in there and set up. Get set up like an hour before daylight, and um, I felt like there was some deer moving around uh, off to my off to my right before daylight. When it was pitch black dark, I felt like there was deer moving around. But I couldn't tell 100%. Um, they could have been a longer ways away. There's a lot of variables. It, it, it very easily could have been a deer. It could have been a coyote. Just hard to tell. Um, so around 7.30, maybe 7 o'clock, um, I catch movement coming down off the hill. And I'm talking about coming down off the steepest part of the hill. Like Those deer looked like they probably had to jump a bluff to get down to where they were at, and that may have been what they did, <coughs> um, but it was two does that were just running off of that hill, and I, I guess that was probably around seven o'clock, and they ended up catching me move, I think. I, I moved my gun to get on them, and I think they caught that, and they ended up blowing off and running off, Um. but, you know, I, I, for me that was a win in that spot just because i hadn't seen a lot of deer there in the past so seeing deer you know I saw deer it's not a shutout you know uh, I'm good so again i decide you know what it, i said at nine o'clock i'm going to if I haven't seen another deer i'm going to do another aggressive uh, grunt sequence get my grunt nine o'clock rolls around get my grunt tube out and in the tree that i was in i happen to have, A really good leafy branch that had crunchy leaves on it that I was able to really just thrash and make a lot of noise with. I've I've those are kind of like a lot of times this time of year the leaves are all dropped, so you're just working with a lot of branches. But these really leafy ones, man, they get the right sound, and uh, and it just seems to work. So nine o'clock, I do that, and I'm loud. I mean, just freaking loud. And, uh, (laughs) I go just thrashing branches, grunting as loud as that thing will go. I, it was, I mean, it was really, really loud. And, uh, but for me, I've watched a lot of videos and I've seen a lot of guys doing things that are just a little less normal. You know, you, you see people take a lot more risky moves like that and being a lot more aggressive and it kind of puts them in the game. And so, for me, where I was at, it was fairly late in the morning. You know, I figured we'll take matters in my own hands. Maybe there's a buck close by that wants to come look at it. So, do all that. Now, I guess it was about 9, what was it? Probably 20 minutes later, Nine twenty, nine thirty, something like that. And uh, my buddy Alex, who, who I was supposed to go eat lunch with that day, He texts me, he says, hey man, I just shot a buck. And so I was like, well, heck. So I'm looking at pictures of his buck on my phone and, you know, congratulating him, I thought that was pretty cool. And I look up and I see a deer walking the dang thermal hub, almost exactly like the first buck did. Um, This one came out a little bit lower in it. um, More than likely because he was coming to check out what that noise was. But, I mean, he did almost the exact same thing. Came on that lower part where it's a gradual, more of a gradual slope, kind of staying away from the bluffs that are higher up top. And uh, so I look at him, and I think, man, that looks like a flipping Clydesdale walking through the woods. I mean, just a big, huge-bodied deer. And so after that, once I realized, like, that's a mature buck, I could tell that he had a decent rack. I couldn't really get a good look at him. He was in in some you know he was moving quickly is split second decision when they're cruising like that you, you really have to make those but I knew he was mature I knew he was a big deer um <clears throat> I just couldn't really tell much about his rack other than that it was you know it was there and it was decent I could see it from a long ways away so I pull up my gun and get my gun on him and he's perfect broadside standing there I pull the trigger and nothing just click I'm like, actually, I posted a video on uh, Instagram of this moment. <laughs> My gun misfired. fired. I've never had that happen on a buck before. And uh, so kind of one of those things where you just, I'm not going to say I freaked out because I've watched that video and I don't look freaked out at all. I look like completely calm just stay in that zone, but here's the funny thing, on the video, I flinch like a madman, like, that, <laughs> that gun goes off, and it clicks, and I'm like, I flinch so big, it's probably a good thing, it's probably God, you know, intervening, because with that big old flinch, I don't know that I was going to hit him anyways, Um, but so, I get another round racked in there, and the deer doesn't even care, like, he don't hear it, if he does hear it, He's just not even worried about it. But that bullet's like clanking all over the place when I uh, eject it. And in the video, you can see the deer kind of looks up and then just goes about his business. He just keeps coming towards me. So I get another round in there and I'm able to get another shot in him and uh, or the first shot in him and he drops right there dead. I mean, just perfect shot. Right through the shoulder, drops dead, doesn't even move a muscle. So, that was a weird moment for me. That was three good bucks in 12 days when I thought my Alabama season was just going to be a wash. Um, I wanted to share that with you because I imagine a lot of people try to kind of find themselves in that. Especially if you're hunting places like Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, these places that have these later rut times, it is so hard not to get discouraged when you see everybody and their dog shooting big bucks in November and you're still sitting there like, well, I ain't even seen a buck. Um, I've been there. I was there 12 days ago thinking it's just, it ain't going to happen. But all it takes is just a moment, man. I mean, it takes a split second for all of that stuff to change and for you to have one of the best seasons you've ever had. I mean, I was sitting here December, or I guess, what was it? The morning of December the 1st, driving to the spot, just feeling like I'm never going to kill another deer again to here on December the 15th today. I'm tagged out, had one of my best seasons ever. It it's crazy. The sport is crazy. Um, the chase is nuts. You can feel like so many times that you're a failure and that nothing, no plan is ever going to come together. You're trying to implement the tactics that you hear us talk about. You're trying to implement things. You hear other you know, content creators and, and other deer hunting, successful deer hunters, you're trying to use these tactics and, that you hear them talk about and it just isn't working. You feel like I'm just doing something wrong. Here's the fact is, it it is such a low percentage chance that you're going to go out and kill a buck. The percentage is very low. The biggest thing is just go. Spend time in the woods. Just go. Implement the tactics. Do the smart things. Um, and eventually, I can tell you, if you do it long enough, and you're paying attention, and you're just, and you're keeping a, a positive attitude, and it's going to work out, it just will, so that's going to kind of be it for this podcast, really, I, I wanted to share the stories, and I wanted to share, you know, I've, I've wanted to share all that stuff, Drew is actually out today, because he's sick, Um, but Drew's had a banger of a season as well, and so we're going to have to get him back on the show here pretty quick, we were going to talk about all these bucks together, but Uh, I wanted to share this story just from my perspective and and share just that, the story. Some tactics, you know, some of it's just going and being there, being in the right place at the right time. And that's not going to happen. I hear so many people get discouraged and like, I'm just not even going to go anymore. I'm I'm done. My season's a wash. But, man, as long as there's still season... As long as it's still in season, you need to be out there any chance that you get because you just never know when your luck's going to turn around. So, that being said, we're going to wrap up this podcast episode. It's a little bit shorter, 45 minutes, a little bit shorter than most pet podcasts that we do, but um, it's a lot easier to tell a story when it's just me by myself. So, uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm tagged out in Alabama. I'm going to be going to Texas this week, maybe do some hunting there, and then... Um, I've had a lot of people reach out, a lot of Florida guys reach out and say, Hey, you were all about Florida a couple of years ago. What's going on? You ain't been back. You ain't been hunting. Well, I am going to be hunting Florida this year. I am going to be on a, a hunt with my buddy Walter Lee and a bunch of the guys who are, uh, patrons to the chasing Tales outdoors podcast. And we're going to be hunting North Florida. It's going to be a freaking blast. The camp is going to be fun. <clears throat> hopefully we kill a few deer so i will be back in florida i uh, it'll be in january first week of january we'll be doing that and then alabama has these things called bonus buck hunts where you can go to a wma for a day and try to kill a deer try to kill a buck on one of these bonus buck hunts so i may be trying to do that um may end up going to mississippi or something like that if i get a chance and you guys know me i i'm definitely not against shooting a doe any chance i get so uh i might dust off the bow and see if i can kill some does in some new areas try to learn some new areas for next year and maybe kill a doe while i'm at it so definitely going to have some new videos on the youtube channel here very shortly i just opened uh just uh uploaded one yesterday so if you're uh got some free time go check that out I'd love it love to hear you guys feedback but I've got two more buck videos to put up and uh hopefully that won't be it for this season all right guys good luck be safe go kill some deer if you do kill some deer using any of the things you hear talked about on this podcast or any things you see me do in the videos reach out let me know I love them I love those I love those the the feedback and when somebody tells me hey something you said went into me killing a buck or whatever that's that's about the most encouragement that i that i get i love it so all right we'll see you guys later thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the southern ground hunting podcast as always a big shout out to all of our partners that's go wild spartan forge tethered new canoe and scree gear you can keep up with southern ground hunting by following us on facebook and instagram or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.